Although you could, you got to do with like hanging up a painting or something. Like, Listen, man. You see, you see this box. You see this box right here. Hold on. Yeah. That box. That is all wall art and paintings and pictures, and I just haven't put them up because these walls are really thick plaster. Uh, and honestly, since we've moved in, we've had something to do like every weekend. Um, or we kind of plan something that we're going to be gone. So I haven't actually had a weekend for us to figure out where we want to put things. Okay, and welcome to Pixel Raiders Land Party episode 14. Antonio has... Home decoration! This is, this is the Happy Home Designer oh my God. Uh, version. <laughs> I really wanted to play that a lot, actually. I'm not going to lie. Oh, did you? Because I had a code for it when I bought my 3DS, and I no, just I sold it on eBay. Oh, I would have given it to you, but I sold it on eBay for money, which is against their terms. Suck it. So, eBay, if you're listening, please don't take Antonio's site down. <clears throat> yeah, they, won't do take, they won't take my site down. <laughs> they would just ban my account, but I have a perfect seller rating since 2008, which I'm proud of. Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Antonio. I'm your other host, Danny. And I'm Tristan. Tristan. And that's it. That's it today. There's nobody else. That's Will it. and yeah. Alex are both gone. Yeah. Alex doing is out for a couple of our episodes right now. He's doing some super secret CIA-esque training um, that he can't talk about. So yeah. It's definitely not that cool. We've all been through it, but okay. If we, if we told you, we'd have to hunt down all four listeners and kill them all. <laughs> Listen, man, we've got more than four. All right. I, I don't have definite hard numbers, but they're... No, no, no. We've got, we're, we're getting like uh, tens, like more than ten, like couple teams. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening to us. We really, really appreciate it, and we appreciate each and every one of you. You should send us mail sometime. I would would really love if you guys sent us mail, because I would totally read it on here. So, again, just to plug it early in the episode. If you have questions or stuff. I'm going to start start sending mail under fake pseudonyms and just (laughs) ask Antonio why he's so dumb. And that would be believable, and I would think it was true. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's podcast at pixelwriter.com. Come on, guys. Like, don't assume that someone else is going to send something because nobody sends anything. Just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. Even if, even if it's a fuck you or just a poop emoticon, we'll take anything. How, how would you read a poop emoticon well, there? Um, it would just, just be like... Colon poop. Colon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what you guys? What have you guys been playing this week? Oh my gosh, I've been playing so much of that Overwatch beta. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. I'm actually really, really enjoying it. Um, I had gone into it being like, all right, I love Blizzard. I've played like nearly every single game that they've come out of with since like 2001, starting with World of Warcraft. So I was like, am I gonna love this? I don't know but it's Blizzard, and it really did impress me a lot. Um, I think the gameplay mechanics are, you know, your typical kind of MOBA um, kind of thing, but... It just comes off as so Team Fortress 2-y. It, yeah. yeah. The game, the gameplay is fast. It's so. Yeah. It reminds me. It reminds me of like Time Splitters two kind of fast and frantic gunplay. Oh, yeah. don't, I've don't had even. matches last like four minutes. I've had matches last probably my longest match was like close to ten fifteen minutes. 
but it's so nice that you can change characters on the fly, like, within your matches, and, like, all the different characters each have, like, very interesting abilities, and with a couple exceptions, I think that they're really well-balanced, especially for a beta right now. Um, I don't know, I'll probably get it when it comes out. My only criticism is that it's not on Mac. So I'm playing it on my PS4 right now, but I was hoping to try to play it on my Mac, um, but I would have to um, boot camp my Mac if I wanted to play it, because it only runs on Windows right now. Is it coming to Mac? Uh, I don't believe so. I'll double check on that. Hmm. That's a shame. Yeah. Anything else you've been playing? Uh, I've been play playing Bravely Second. So, yeah. And uh, I've been playing the poop out of Monster Hunter 4 on 3DS. Oh, yeah, you, you and Steve Ziegler, I saw a friend of the show. Yeah, I've been playing it, like, and just, like, all my commutes and stuff. Um, it's been my, my constant companion, so it's been good. Hmm. Cool. What about you, Tony? What about me? Let's see. Uh, oh, I finished uh, Stories, Path of Destinies. Um, I think there's, like, 24 different stories, but I got the actual hero ending, so I beat the game. Uh, so that review will be... Uh, not this coming week, but like the following week. So in like a week, probably about a week or two. Um, I just wrapped up my... Oh, I also beat Severed on um, PS Vita. Uh, that I'm actually probably going to post tomorrow, but by the time we put this up, it'll probably already be up. Uh, that game was really cool. Was it? Yeah. it was good. You guys will see. I'm going to give it uh, uh, 8.5 out of 10. Um, it was good. It was a first-person dungeon crawly mixed with swipe-based gameplay, which I didn't think I would like. I had no interest in the game, uh, but uh, it's by Drinkbox Studios, so I, they put out some good stuff, especially like Welcome Mayday. Cool. Um, oh, and I got a code for SteamWorld Heist on 3DS. Ooh. That game that so good. is a lot of fun. It I like that game better than SteamWorld. They're so totally good. different games, too. I didn't play SteamWorld Dig at all, but uh, after this, I'm probably going to pick it up. Yeah, um, it's, it's not even close to the same kind of game. You know? No, but, but SteamWorld Heist is, is so good. I've been playing it on my commute back and forth. Yeah. And I... A brief description of this game. It is a 2D strategic shooting game where you have to get loot. I don't know. I mean, how would you describe it, Tristan? It's like... You ever play the game Worms? Yeah. Ah, good, good, good. good it's like Worms if they were steampunk robots and it had RPG elements. Cool. Yeah, because then there's different weapon upgrades and you can leave so many slots you can carry uh, things in. Yeah. Like different items that give you different... But it's like, it's very buffs. much like you take a turn firing your weapons on your team and then they take a yeah. turn firing their weapons and like it's just like back and forth. Yeah, and you, you, you have a see environment to your advantage and stuff and it's really cool. like turn-based strategy with abilities and you get loot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you, you, get certain, you get a certain amount of money, but then for every time you lose, you lose it like 25%. If you like, if you're playing on normal, you lose 25% of what you have. It's uh, it's good. It's good. 
I'll have a review for that sometime. I don't know. I'm like 10 hours in, so I don't know how long the game is, but it's really good. But that's what I've been playing. Tristan, what about you? Uh, I played some Minecraft with Danny and Will. Yeah, we stream yeah. we stream that. You can watch us die a whole bunch. You actually can watch Danny die a whole bunch because she was streaming it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else did I play? I went and saw Civil War on Friday, and then, like, I love Spider-Man, so I came home and immediately started playing Marvel 2016, which is the only MMORPG I've ever really, like, put any kind of ample time into. It's not that good, but whatever. Um, And then I have been playing, and I can't stop playing, um, Pocket Card Jockey for the 3DS. I just heard about that. They were talking about that on Nintendo Voice Chat, how good it is. It's insanely weird, but insanely good at the same time. Yeah, that's what they said. It's like seven bucks. Yes. Okay, so for folks, including me, who have no idea what that is... So, Pocket Card Jockey is Game Freak, the maker of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Their latest digital game, and it is, and I'm not kidding, horse racing with solitaire. Yeah, so so it, I will give you a rundown, spoiler alert. At the very beginning of the game, your character dies. Like, okay. just straight up dies. Like, Christopher Reeves style gets kicked off a horse and stomped on. Yeah, and so you go and talk to this angel, and he's like, I'm going to bring you back to life, but in order to stay back to life, you have to continuously do a hobby. And the first hobby that your character says is solitaire. So he comes back to life, and he's able to race horses, and the only way he's able to do it is to continuously play solitaire while he races horses. So the top screen of the 3DS will be your horse race, and the bottom screen will be a game of solitaire. And your horse performs better as you, the quicker you kind of finish these games of solitaire and then put, like, stats into your, into your, into your horse and move them around on the field. And it's just, it's so weird, but it's so fast-paced and addictive. Uh, I... I like if this is what if this is what Nintendo or Game Freak like thinks of in their downtime, I want. Oh man, I just I don't know. It's so good. What's funny is my mom is like a solitaire queen, so I feel like she would actually destroy in this game. I'm not even kidding. Like that's all she plays on her iPad. That's all she's played on any computer we've ever built. The first yeah. thing she said to me when I get when we got when they got the Mac a Mac was, "Can I get solitaire?" But. And it's super in depth too. Like it has like full on horse breeding. Like you can wow. you can breed your horses to make stronger horses, and it's really hard. Like I, I probably each horse like you'll go through a schedule like of like one year to four years before your horse becomes adult and they stop getting stats, and then you eventually can retire them. But I have lost way more races than I've won just because that game is like horse racing so luck based at times. Wow. It's. But I still I still can't stop playing it. It's well, really perfect fun. Perfect timing because the Derby was just yesterday. It's almost like they released it in Which tandem with that man. Of Nyquist yeah. For anyone who follows Derby things. Yeah. I do. Sorry. I, mean, I don't. I just knew that. I knew it was going on. But Tristan, that's all yeah. I've been. That's go. all I've been playing. Uh, cool. Horse racing. Cool. So. Let's move on into the recap. Uh, there's not that much going on. So PlayStation news, all I've got is uh, the previously Xbox Live exclusive title Shadow Complex made its way to PS4 as a remaster. 
uh, I think it's 15 bucks. It also made its way to PC a while back, and I remember when they announced the remaster, you could download it on PC for free. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you still, yeah, I don't know if you still can. I downloaded it. I don't know if it's still free. It was like a two-week thing. Oh well, those of us who have it, that's awesome. Those of us who don't, that sucks. But you should definitely buy this game if you've never played it. It's really good. <sighs> so I'm so sad that they'll like most likely never make another one. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. They're so into, uh, like, Infinity Blade and stuff for iOS. They make so much money with that that they'll never... It's true. Speaking of games that came out years ago that have found their way onto other platforms, Super Meat Boy, the game that's only, like, four-plus years old and has been on every other platform, is finally... Four? It's Probably like, eight? Eight, yeah. Finally coming to Wii U on May 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, great game. I have it, on, have, have it on PS... Yeah, I have it on PS4 and Vita, so I'm not getting it again. You can all I, you can all stop I'm worrying not. about your Wii U woes because Super Meat Boy is here. Yeah, just he will single-handedly save the system. All of your doubts can Get be put to bed. Boy and you're done. It's funny actually how many people have come up to me now and asked me if they should buy a Wii U, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe that can be a podcast discussion for next time. Could be, because I literally have had I've had a lot of people come up to me this past week. Um, Another thing is Nintendo and Vans, really bizarre, but they partnered together to come up with a line of Nintendo-themed Vans. Is that bizarre? Like they're going so hard on third-party on, on licensing out their stuff now. Like I am not surprised. I guess not. And some of those shoes do look. Like, I I could never wear them in like a professional setting no. or even going out in public and not getting laughed at. But some of those designs on those are really cool. The one design I thought was really cool was the gray pair with like the pixelated stripe going. Yeah, on. that's the one. That's the only one that I could like actually consider buying. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. Wow. Um, Nintendo also said they're going to host a Treehouse live stream on June 14th, all about Zelda for Wii U. That's it. That's all. All right. Really I could, bizarre. I could go on for an entire episode about this, but I mean, we've got two Pokemon games coming out as well as a bunch of other things, and this is literally all you've they're going to talk about. You've got Rhythm Heaven. You've got Monster Hunter. You've got that weird Fire Emblem Tenshi uh, Megami. Tokyo, yeah. Tokyo something. Yeah. The yeah. Shining Tensai Fire Emblem. Paper Mario. You have so much stuff to spotlight. And you're only showing, I don't know, it just seems like they're just... Well, not only that, but a lot of people, like I was listening to Nintendo Voice Chat, they were wondering how much of the demo are they going to show? What are they going to give away? Because it's, yeah. it's going to be weird how they stagger it. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. We'll see, but I'm, I'm sure they have... I don't know. Uh, we, we'll, we have no idea. Well, that's all we got right now, so we'll see. That'll be... I don't know, we'll see. Speaking of Pokemon Sun and Moon, more info is going to be released on May 10th. That's Tuesday. I hope that it's... I hope that it's... Yes, it is. Yeah. I just want to see... I just want to see how similar the battle... I can't imagine the battle system is much different because they complete overhaul just a few years ago, so... Yeah. I don't know. I hope that it's more than just, like, these are your starters or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as industry-wide news, a uh, new Call of Duty has been revealed. Infinite Warfare. <clears throat> I actually didn't watch the trailer. Uh, there's a huge, huge 
campaign where everyone's downvoting the trailer just because that's what people do. These are all the same people who are probably going to go out and buy the game anyway. Yeah. It's because people are sick of games about space, man. Like, I love space. Space is my favorite thing in the whole world. But every shooter now is about space. It's about space, and yeah. More interesting news about that is if you buy that game, you get the remastered version of Call of Duty 4 with 10 multiplayer maps, which is way cooler. That I will buy, I will probably buy that Call of Duty game, never even install that Call of Duty game just so that I can play COD 4 or Warfare. Remastered. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people said they would rather just buy that, but I think I would, this is a... This is the way they're trying to push copies of the news. This, this is how they can. This is how they can show their NPD and be like, "Look how well Call of Duty is still doing." Because it reminds me of when Crackdown was like, "Hey, we've got the Halo 3 beta," and Crackdown sold amazingly well hey, because that? it was known as the Halo 3 beta. But hey, it worked. It was smart. Crackdown is an okay game. I it ended up being Crackdown. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is something that I tweeted to Danny immediately as soon as I saw it. She's going to be. Pretty stoked about. So, Dishonored 2 releases November 11th, 2016, and they confirmed it's going to have a big gameplay reveal at this year's E3. So, okay, come up real I'm soon. Call it right now, here's what the reveal is going to be Emily Caldwin, Corvo's daughter, who you can also play as the, the chick in the trailer. She's just going to be a lesbian. That's it. I'm calling it right now. That's it. Okay. That's all we need to know about the game. Yeah, okay. I just want to see gameplay, because I know it's going to look nothing like that super amazing trailer that they showed, so we'll see. Did you play the first one? Yeah. I love the painter like, kind of art style to it, but I, so I'm really interested to see what they do with this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's gonna, it, I'm sure it'll be really good. Uh, Titanfall developer Respawn is making a Star Wars game, and the former... Uh, God of War director is going to be at the helm of it. So, that's interesting. That came out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming. I think that caught caught quite a few people off guard. Uh, Then we've got two little rumors. One of them was uh, supposedly the character design for the next um, lead character for Watch Dogs 2 came out and was supposedly leaked. He looks like a hipster... And a young Asian guy looks kind of dorky. They try real hard to make them look edgy. Yeah. All their characters. <laughs> like you should look it up. It looks pretty bad. I'm gonna look it up. Um, and then the next thing that caught quite a bit of traction was Nintendo's ROM chip supplier uh, for 3DS as well as older systems. Uh, I guess you would say this Macronix hinted that the NX may abandon optical media in favor of cheaper and more rugged flashcards. So rumors are NX may be cartridge-based. Rumors are rumors. I find interesting, and Tristan and Ryan Sellers and I debated on this for quite a while until they all agreed that I was right. Okay, so I'm not saying you're wrong or right. I am saying it would make sense that they could potentially do that, uh, especially if they already have a very strong business relationship with these people as manufacturing. My thing is just space, you know. And, and I know, like, they're, they're as a company, they're testing, like, 32 gigabyte cards right now, so that's plenty of space to put the basis of your game on, but... 
games are a lot bigger than that now. Well, no, I, f- I feel like it would be. I feel like well, those are thirty-two gigabyte RAM like chips. So I feel like they would assemble it similar to an SSD, where they probably just have two ROM chips per cart, and it'd be sixty-four gigs. Yeah. Which is slightly more than what a you know, I guess dual ray, a dual layer Blu-ray can hold at the moment. And a lot of what like, like a lot of Xbox One games and stuff, and PS4 games even, once they hit that limit of their Blu-ray, they'll install what they can and then download the rest. So maybe it could yeah. be a situation. But, I mean, having a cartridge-based system would very much answer some of those rumors about it being, like, a handheld TV revival or, um, like, combo. It's also interesting to see, you know, real quick, we started off on cartridges and then abandoned them for optical media because optical media was much higher storage capacity and offered better FMV, which stands for full motion video, uh, and better audio. And now, this generation, optical media still has a lot of storage, but we're bottlenecked by the read speeds. So every Xbox One and PS4 game has downloaded to a hard drive. Whereas now, we could go back to cartridges, which may be cheaper, possibly. I don't know how much it costs them to put a Blu-ray drive into each system. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Through Nintendo. I mean, through Sony. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. Those are news. But those are the news. And Danny... That's the news. What's the topic of the show? Oh, for those so, who don't know, Danny is going to head up the podcast as far as topic of the show and stuff from now on. So congrats to Danny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So what's the topic of the show? So today's topic of the show is multiplayer, especially with games like Battleborn, who just what that just came out, Overwatch that's coming out, um... Doom, that has a multiplayer that's coming out later. Uh, Uncharted, that has a multiplayer that's coming out later. Um, what, what, where do we stand on multiplayer right now? And also, question inside of that is, does a game that has a really good like single-player mission storyline, something like Doom, Uncharted, does it hurt the game to have... A multiplayer aspect thrown in, you know, at what point does multiplayer feel like just an add-on? Also, the reverse of that with something like Call of Duty, at what point does a single-player campaign feel like just an add-on? So real quick on Uncharted. I have always played Uncharted games for the campaign because I think they're incredibly well done, and a lot of people would agree. I have not touched the multiplayer, and The Last of Us had multiplayer too. Um, most people, I feel like, played it for the campaign. However, if you ever run into anyone who's played multiplayer on either one of those games, they tend to say that they're really, really well done. And they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I've never played them, but I hear the multiplayer on those isn't something that feels cheap and tacked on. It sounds like it would be, but it's actually fleshed out pretty well. Take it for you know what it is. Uh, but I just had to throw that in there because I thought that was interesting. Because yeah. those are the kind of games where I wouldn't expect multiplayer to be well, like good. Uh, but apparently they are. I'm just not a huge multiplayer person. That's yeah. That's I love yeah, that's that's multiplayer. <sighs> yeah. Now, 
I find it interesting that a lot of AAA, especially as the slash generation, a lot of AAA developers have nixed local multiplayer in favor of online multiplayer. And you have the people who, conspiracy theorists, who say, oh, that's because they want to push more copies of games, which could be true. Uh, but I know when Tristan and I went to Indicade, and when you and I were at PAX, Danny, there's a lot of there's a big local multiplayer renaissance happening within the indie uh, within indies, and they're kind of keeping it alive right now. And yeah. thank the Lord because I love local multiplayer and like couch co-op and stuff like that. Yeah, we both. Oh, uh, I think that. Multiplayer, like I, I, the the reason the AAA title have online multiplayer and Nick's local multiplayer for the most part is since that's as an industry that's where a majority of that time is spent is online. You know, it's so rare that the the majority of people that play, you know, they come home from from work, they grab a beer, they sit down, and they hop online with their friends. They're they're not hopping, you know, four people in a room sitting in front of their TV and playing, but I do agree, like, a lot of the indie scene, like, especially a few years ago, like, is when, you know, stuff like Towerfall came out and Nidhogg came out and there was all of these on, like, one-screen experiences that people were having that was really cool thing to see. And I'm, I'm glad that that's kind of still living on. Yeah. yeah. And then you have a, another a good example was that game Screensheet, first-person shooter where... Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, that has local and it has online. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's but that game, that game sounded. I I didn't get the chance to play it, but it sounded so cool. Where like basically you take the concept of multiplayer and you have to like do what's ingrained in you to like look at other people's screens. Like I remember playing Halo and like looking. <laughs> at oh, the you screen. screen surfing cheater! Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Golden eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. That's like such a good idea. I I gotta play that game. I gotta pick it up. You do pick it up on PS4 because I have it. Oh, okay, I will. Yeah. But I guess uh, one of the main reasons that I brought it up, I was I was thinking about it the other day because when I was playing the Doom multiplayer, because it was just in the the Doom multiplayer beta, and I got to play it again at PAX, um, it. I mean, it was good. It was a good multiplayer, but if I was going to be purchasing a game to play multiplayer and to play like a first-person shooter multiplayer, that would, would be not be the reason that I would get Doom. Like, I would go for like a Call of Duty, even like I don't know, a Destiny or something like that. Um, oh, even... Call of Duty, so generic. I know. At but... least Overwatch, I can back because it's bright, colorful, and different. That's true, but if you're looking for like a first-person shooter, Overwatch isn't quite as tight as like yeah. something like a COD. I mean, COD, 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 is, its, COD is its own thing. Like even compared to Halos and and everything like that, COD is very much like it's so easy to jump in and play. You know, you don't have to have like the tactics and skills that everybody else has. It's like I can pick up this gun, I can fire it, and I can hit people, and that's why it's so wildly popular. Yeah, that's true. I guess my like Danny brought up that she wants to know whether or not it's a hindrance or kind of like a good thing to have multiplayer in games. And I think now, especially like 
in today's age, so many AAA titles or publishers or developers, whatever, uh, their multiplayer component isn't even done in-house. Like, Doom is not being done by it. It's done by another company. So as long as those in-house developers are able to focus on that campaign and, and still and not have to kind of split that up for the multiplayer, I don't see a problem with it, but... Yeah, as long as they're not being strained. Yeah. 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 When you have when you have a game that's like shoehorned in multiplayer like Metroid Prime Two where it was just why is it oh there? God, yeah. Or Bioshock Two where they like even admitted like, okay, multiplayer was dumb, we're not gonna put it in Bioshock Infinite, you know. Because back then it was yeah, those those people were having to kind of divert resources into that component and it just it's dumb, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Now, what do you guys what do you guys think about multiplayer only games? I'm for them. Oh, like the always online kind of model. Yeah, where I mean, once you know, once the game, once the publisher or developer pulls the plug on the servers, that's it. Yeah, it's interesting because what what can we do to what can we do to archive a game experience like that? You know, Maybe a lot of as, places, as long as long as there are games that run on servers, there are people that are creating their own server and hacking it into the game. And they're like, That's true. Yeah. Every, it'd be, it'd be nice if there was it'd be nice if there was some kind of standard maybe where you wouldn't have to do that. Or maybe some kind of easier way to preserve those type of games and experiences just, for just the cost, you know, once your user base gets below a certain point, paying to maintain those servers and keep pushing new updates and, and patches and security it doesn't make any sense anymore. Oh, no, no, no. I know that, but what I'm saying is if there was some easier way to hand that off to your dedicated fan base. Yeah. You know, like an easier like way to pass the torch. Yeah. So like I, I remember... Yeah, um, I think, actually, there are some games that are starting to do that. Like, when Tristan, Will, and I started to play Minecraft again, they had, like... Will started a Minecraft realm, so I think that there are like things in the works to like basically what that is for those people who don't know is basically um, you can purchase uh, basically almost your own little server, your own little chunk of server, which is like your world that you can share in multiplayer um, through Majang through Minecraft. Um, yeah, yeah, so, as long as you're paying for it, and exactly. I think there are other ways around that. Like I remember when. Of like just not even using dedicated servers as as a multiplayer component. You know, I remember when Modern Warfare 2 came out and everybody was freaking out because it was hosting multiplayer instead of dedicated servers. But I mean, that's really one of the best ways to kind of ensure that you're going to have a much longer term multiplayer experience because uh, so much of that load is is now put onto the user. You know what I mean? That's, that's a good point. Yeah, Arc does that. Arc, you can uh, set up your own servers even on Xbox One. And it doesn't make for an optimal experience for everyone. You know, the person hosting is always going to have that advantage, but right, just, server means you know your 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 time's running out from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm all for I'm all for. Games that are strictly single-player experiences, you know, Bioshock Infinite is amazing compared to Bioshock 2. It's not because it has doesn't have a multiplayer component, but 
on the same side, I'm also totally on for, you know, multiplayer-only experiences. That's why you have those games like World of Warcraft that are massive successes and, and things yeah. like that, because they require, you know. I would say there are definitely instances where there are games that have that single-player focus that just don't even come close to the experience you get with the multiplayer. Like Super Smash Bros., for instance. Like, yeah, I have fun playing it by myself, but it's never going to compare to when I play it with my friends, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I, I, at this point, would expect it to be in there, but it's not a hindrance or anything. It's, it's interesting. It's going to be cool, too, to see, you know, what ways they can innovate the way that you play multiplayer, so it may not just be console to console, like what Watch Dogs tried to do with someone playing on a console and then someone playing on a tablet. Um, one of the yeah. best one of the best examples that comes to mind is, is as far as a multiplayer game that kind of redefined in a way what it was like to actually play a multiplayer game, I would say is Journey. Because you go along and it feels like a single player experience, but it's not. Yeah. yeah. It even even when you have another person in there, that weird lack of interaction makes it like feel like, yeah, this could easily be an NPC, the smartest NPC of all time, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would never happen. There are no smart NPCs. I remember when what was I saw this like picture of Oh, it was it Indicade, wasn't it? They and Indicade they were showing we, so me and Tony went to Indiecade two weeks ago, uh, which for those of you who don't know, it's an indie game conference where they show all kinds of cool games and they have a bunch of keynote speakers. And we went and saw the Sony keynote talking about VR, you know, what works and what doesn't and stuff like that. And one of the slides that they showed were showing, you know, older games that could have a new perspective in VR. And they put up this screenshot of Journey and, like, my eyes lit up. Like, uh, I would buy... PlayStation VR today if it had Journey in VR, but I don't think that that would actually happen. Now, now for those listening, don't get too excited because he was talking about sandbox experiences, and when he said the word sandbox, he put up Journey because Journey's kind of like a giant sandbox, and it's Sony, so I think it was just kind of like a fun little thing, but Tristan and I looked at each other, and I was like, God, could you imagine Journey in VR? I I got way more excited than... Is necessary, but Indicade was fun because I did get to have we my played, first... line, played line wobble. We did, and yeah, and I got to have my first VR experience. What that did was you neat. think? How was it? I'm not sold yet. I mean, it's, it was cool. It was definitely awesome. I think that because I got to try all three of the headsets. Oh, I was just um, gonna ask which one yeah. was your favorite. Uh, Sony, one... the Sony one to me is worlds better in just terms of a doesn't feel like it's there, you know, both of the other it, ones, it I disappears, could, it disappears so quick, I could feel the pressure here, and I could feel the pressure here, and, you know, th- th- I was able to adjust them, and it was still there, and one thing that I noticed was also, the bottom of the, the Oculus would start to get blurry, and I could see out of the bottom of all three of them, but the PlayStation one was the only one where it was easy enough for me to just kind of push it, and it just automatically adjusted and kind of like resealed back under my eyes so I didn't see the outside world. So right now, it just has those blue lights and it looks really sexy and Tron-like. Now the, now the Oculus the Oculus that uh, Tristan and I tried was actually a dev kit. 
Was the Oculus a dev kit or was it just the Vive? I know the Vive no, was I'm a sorry. dev kit. Well, no, because I was talking to the guy and he said the it wasn't the newest version because he said they have ones with better screens now. Okay, so then um, maybe maybe those are better. As honestly, product. I don't. I still don't think it's much better. Uh, all the other industry sources that you know we listen to and keep up with have pretty much said the same thing as us. Yeah. Um, the Oculus showed the screen door effect the most, where it looks like you're looking through a screen door at everything. Mm. Um, and from what I've heard, any of you out there who wear glasses, supposedly the PlayStation VR is hands down the most comfortable. You can keep your glasses on. They don't get in the way. Um, I tried PlayStation VR with my glasses on at PAX, and 10 out of 10 would recommend. I haven't tried any of the other VRs, but it was very comfortable. I have big glasses, too. Like They're like half of my face. I have a small head. And it was very comfortable. It adjusts to me very well. And like even through the glasses, the screen was very crisp. And like once I adjusted it, it wasn't blurry at all. Yeah, so. that's actually that's a good. This is a good kind of segue point, you know, because it relates back to the multiplayer thing, where there are times where I feel very uncertain of how a local multiplayer would work with VR, you know if you're just putting these goggles on and kind of unplugging yourself from everybody else in the room, how is that a fun thing? Well, I I do remember when I was first reading about VR that there are going to be... There's going to be a way where player one can basically use the VR and player two can use the actual screen. Yeah, but then at the same time, like, you know, I have these goggles on and these headphones on you're dead to me at that point, you know. I can't ever okay, look over. Okay, okay, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, I can't. I can't ever look at you and be like, "Oh man, that was rad! Look what we just did!" You know, that was that was really cool. I'm just gonna be like, "Okay, go, 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 You know. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? Like, for all I know, my friend could just be standing in front of my face farting, and I'm that's all I'm getting. And I guess like AC. You would taste it. Asynchronous multiplayer is a possibility where you're doing something different and then there are other people doing stuff on the TV, but I don't know. This how do you how do you keep the person that is in that VR experience engaged I feel like, on a social level? I feel like primarily though the VR multiplayer experience would largely be online. Um, a because of processing power so you can drive more uh, high fidelity graphics maybe to the headset itself. Like just imagine Danny and you and I playing if we all had PlayStation VR, let's just say, or a VR headset in general, yeah. and playing something like No Man's Sky, which so help me God better have oh. multi uh, VR support. Imagine just being like throwing on a headset and getting lost in some crazy world together and looking all around you and it's like you're there. Yeah. Um, I played which I didn't expect to like in any way but I just played it because I was interested a little bit. I played, um, why am I drawing a blank? Good game. I Job, I simula Job Simulator. Oh, yeah. Actually, it was actually a lot of fun. I was in this, like, little cartoon kitchen, and I was, I was, uh, I was taking bread, and I was, like, making a breakfast sandwich, and I threw the bread behind me and caught it, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was there was actually, like, a group of people, because they had the, the computer that he was running it on set up, 
and there was a group of people that were kind of standing, like, they're just gathering around watching him be an idiot inside of Job Simulator. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, throwing bread on the ground and, like, dumping cookies and hot sauce and stuff on it, and everybody just thought that that was the funniest. And that that's cool, but, like, he would have never known that if I didn't tell him. So that comes back to, like, how do you, sure. stay, in, how do you stay involved with that, with that headset on, especially in a multiplayer setting? Yeah, that's true. That's a good, that's a good point. Uh, it was fun, though. It yeah. really was. Yeah. Actually, I have a video up of, of some of the games you and I played. It was just kind of like a little montage that took oh, me really? entirely. It took me. It took me entirely way too long to edit, like hours and hours. Oh, and then you watch it, and it's like three minutes long. It was my own fault. It was because I was trying to pick That's, out fonts and. You literally just described being a video editor. I think. <sighs> this is why I'm not one. <laughs> um, but yeah. <clears throat> so. To wrap up my thoughts on it, um, as long as it doesn't feel tacked on and it offers something more than just trying to maybe drive sales of a game, I'm all for it. Yeah, I just think it has to it has to a b have a purpose and b be engaging. You know, I yeah. like I bring up the Metroid Prime Hunter or Metroid Prime Two multiplayer. It was there, but you touched it once and then you were done because there was no no reason to go back to it, you know, there was, there was not fun, and that's, that's all multiplayer should be, is about how much fun you're having with those people. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, oh, I also feel like, um, I don't know if we're going to see AAA developers dive back into the local multiplayer portion anymore, I think that's pretty, I think that ship has sailed, especially with the insane costs of making the game. Yeah. Um, for them, it just, I mean, honestly, when you think about it from a business standpoint, it's not something that would sell a lot, so I don't think it would make sense to them. Whereas someone smaller with an indie background who doesn't have a whole lot to lose, I mean, they do, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like they're the ones who are going to keep it keep it alive for us. And they've think, come out with really great really great local you know, games like that. I think the light at the end of the tunnel there is... I think that the major publishers recognize that, and they are doing a very good job of spotlighting those indie experiences that are still local multiplayer. You know, yeah. like you get things like, well, I was gonna say IDAR, but that's still like that's a local multiplayer game with an online component still. But there, yeah, there, there's still so many games that are being. Oh, like uh, oh, speaking of push, I was gonna say like push me, pull you. Exactly, that's what oh, I was gonna yeah. say. That, that's what I was gonna say. That that weird cat dog game. Or as my wife referred to it at PAX, and still does, uh, she's a, she's in the bedroom laughing at me, looking up, and she refers to it as the the poop game. Uh, I, that's actually the one game she said she would play with me. Uh, is the the poop game? But push me pull you was actually pretty fun. I had a, I had a good time really playing. Great. It's really it was great. A, it was a really weird, abstract but fun little multiplayer game. Yeah, I had a fun when I played it at. Indicate, that's what it's called, Indicate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was at Indicate, too. Oh, I got, uh, well, yeah. Danny, what are your thoughts? Anything, any last-minute thoughts? No, I think you guys summarized it. Don't make it half-assed. Make it enjoyable. Make it fun. And make it something that you want to play with other people. If it's a multiplayer, Yeah. it's got to be fun. And it's got to be engaging. And I think that that social aspect still needs to be in there somewhere. You know, the team voice chat or um, 
some some sort of buff with friends. I don't know. So basically, what we're saying, everyone, is don't make it the division. Oh man, uh, Alex picked a good week to be gone because fuck yeah. that game. Yeah. Also, we, don't make it. Don't make just, it. Star Fox Zero. Can we just dedicate an entire episode to how bad the division is? Oh, I'd love and that. And Star Fox Zero. Can we just make like the worst trash of early 2016 podcast oh, edition? Two most overhyped. Well, I guess Star Fox wasn't. Uh, for Nintendo fans, it was pretty overhyped. It was. Uh, Star Fox breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart too. Not talk about Star Fox anymore. It just. It's, I just shipped it the other day. I sold it. It's gone. It's out of my life, and that money is going to go towards Uncharted. So sad. Anyways, yeah. Well, that is episode 14 of Pixel Raiders Land Party. So, I am your host, Antonio. I am Danny. I'm Tristan. Send us emails. I'll read them, or someone will read them. Yes, we'll all email them. We'll all read them. We'll all read them. We'll tell you thank you. They will be read three times, every email. Three times. Yeah. Read, uh, reach out. We'll do that. I don't care. Reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, Send us, you know, write us a review on iTunes. They're always fun to read. And you have my permission to just write an email saying Tony's dumb because I will take the blame. Yeah. And say or it was poop me. Emoji, I'll take that. Or one. poop emoji. Yeah. Yeah, Danny would love that. To send her poop emojis, <laughs> and that's how you get to Danny's heart. Yes. Wait, I think I have a poop emoji. Hold on. You would have a poop emoji. She probably has a poop emoji pillow. Oh uh, jeez. I that's do it. actually have a, a oh, big pillow too. Oh my god. Uh, Danny has a poop emoji plushie. Okay, yeah, that's a thing. A backstory, though. Yeah, we well, don't need a backstory now. Okay. This is the end of the episode. Is, Bye. We will see you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.